The vicious voices of the right are out in full force, and it's time for us to get up and organize against the heartless attacks on our civil rights. Start your morning diving into the headlines and issues that matter to our everyday lives, speaking with changemakers and hearing from you, our listeners. Hear your host, Zerlina Maxwell, break down the top news, push for solutions from officials who represent us, and call out the misinformation and hypocrisy that surrounds us, plus the engaging stories that keep you energized. Get your morning boost of politics, culture, and everything you need to start your day. It's always darkest before the dawn, but the dawn is here. Shining a light on the ruthless forces across the aisle and rising for a brighter future for all of us. This is Mornings with Zerlina. Welcome to the show. I'm Zerlina Maxwell. Joining us on the show today, Charlotte Clymer, trans activist, military veteran, and former press secretary at the Human Rights Campaign. On this first day of Pride Month, uh, Charlotte's joining us to talk about everything uh, related to gay rights as we wait for the Roe decision to come down this month, but also the attacks on trans people on the state level. Maybe a little bit about joy, too. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, Zerlina, how you doing? You know, I first day of Pride Month, and, uh, you know, as we come on, <laughs> we came on air today, I was sort of like, last month was a lot, everybody, I know. But as we start this a new... It was a lot. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it already sort of had been heavy because the war in Ukraine had started at the, you know, beginning of February... And so the last two months had been heavy, right? We're, we were talking about massacres and possible genocide and war crimes and nuclear weapons and chemical weapons. So right. it, it had already been a lot. And then we were all watching the Met Gala. At least that's what I was doing. I was watching the that's Met Gala doing. red carpet, waiting for Johnny um, from NCT. <laughs> um, this is true. It's true facts. I'm just straight. This is what was happening. I was waiting oh, I for Johnny from NCT. He was like last, you know what I mean? He was like with Gigi Haddad last. So I had to wait a really long time. And in (laughs) my waiting period, um, the news dropped that there was a leaked opinion from the Supreme Court that gutted Roe versus Wade and set up really the dismantling of all the civil rights that we've known for the past 50 years. Um, So, you know, the month of May was a lot. So it was that, then it was COVID surging again, which it's still surging. I think people are a little bit in denial. We just had a holiday weekend, so that's still happening in the backdrop. And we just had two massacres, one by a white supremacist, another um, in an elementary school. So it's like not going great. But as we come on air, first day of Pride Month, how are you feeling? Like, how are you feeling given the fact that we, all of us, have just survived what I just laid out there was really the longest May in the history of Mays. I'm not feeling great. I'll be real with you. I am not feeling too good. Uh, you're right. We got through another month in this hellish year, and thank goodness for that. Uh, but, you know, given the last year in LGBTQ equality and racial equality and gender equality, things are getting bad. And I really need folks to understand, regardless of what issues are important to you, we are all affected by what happens in November, every single one of us. Encourage those in our community to vote. If we don't show up, things are going to get a lot worse than this. I mean, I think that, that that's such an important point to start on because I, I was talking earlier in the show about the fact that, you know, we can't grow weary in this moment. We sort of have to like stiffen our spines up and point in a direction of progress, point in the direction of progress and decide 
a place to aim our efforts, right? Everybody's not, one person's not going to be able to change it all themselves. That's not how this works. In a democracy, the, it's the collective power of, of people. It's, it's our power individually compounded by the fact that there's a whole bunch of us moving in the same direction. So with that in mind, I mean, where are we, where should we be pointing our efforts um, in this particular moment? We can't impact what the Supreme Court is going to say. That opinion is written. They're still trying to find out who the leaker was, but that opinion can come out any day this month, any time, and it's and it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Yep. And so we and we know it's not going to say Roe is good law because we know the makeup of the court. So so we so there's no mystery in terms of what um, the ruling will mean. What it, what the, what it technically says that may be different from the draft, but given the fact that we sort of know what what to expect this month. Where should we where should we try to focus our efforts and point our efforts in the direction of progress? We we got to start looking. I mean, besides voting, which is what I led with, you know, the second most important thing right now is just building community wherever it exists. We're going to have a lot of people who are going to states, moving moving out of state to more progressive states where they do have abortion access, where their kids don't have to worry about being bullied in schools for being LGBTQ. Uh, where it's less likely uh, to see the vicious response of law enforcement to uh, communities of color. You know, all these issues are going to be more important in building community in states where those protections already exist or where they have the potential to come into being. Because right now, all across the country, we're seeing hotspots where LGBTQ families in particular are wondering if they're going to have to move out of state because Mm -hmm. they're being invested by state agencies for, provide, for providing their kids trans-affirming health care. You know, it's getting bad. It's getting really, really bad. And so what I want to encourage people to do is build community where you are uh, and make sure that you're contributing to organizations that provide resources for the most marginalized among us, particularly uh, repro organizations that are led by women of color. There's a lot of great organizations out there, especially in the Deep South, that are doing this. One that I support is the Yellowhammer Fund. Uh, which you know helps women in Alabama, Mississippi, women and pregnant people all throughout the Deep South. So building community. It's 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 so so important, and I think that you know you mentioned that um, you know trans rights and and families um, of trans children are being attacked in this moment. You know, one of the conversations that happened after the draft opinion came out is that you know oh this strikes down abortion, and then gay rights could be next. Um, and I, I was like, wait, but, but trans, trans people are impacted by the Roe ruling. Gay and queer people are also impacted potentially by the, the, the Roe decision, like full stop. Like you don't have to actually get to the next, the next opinion for, for gay rights to be impacted. So can you sort of lay out for us the ways in which, you know, as, you know, folks who are even in the LGBTQ plus community community who didn't see the Roe opinion as an issue for them specifically yet, um, how it is, it is an issue for them because of intersectionality, oh, yeah. like because, because I mean, these, these issues all intersect. So it's, it's all, all of our issues all at once. That's right. That's right. We, we are all affected by Roe. I don't care who you are. Every single person in this country is affected uh, by what is more than likely going to happen, which is Roe, Roe being overturned the next two weeks. For LGBTQ people specifically, not only do LGBTQ people need access to abortion care, uh, but there's also the issue of privacy that's under direct attack 
by Alito's opinion. Folks, I, I, I don't want to scare you, but I'm just going to be real because you need to hear it. There is a damn good chance that Obergefell is going to be overturned in the next five to 10 years. That's the Supreme Court case that legalized same-sex marriage. That could very well be vulnerable, if not right for being overturning in the next five years with this 6-3 majority court. And so I want people to start preparing for this eventuality or this possibility uh, by building that kind of community and, and trying to get elected officials in office who are going to codify abortion rights, LGBTQ rights, uh, this ridiculous uh, immunity of law enforcement who attack communities of color. All these things need to be codified into law by Congress. So it's critically important that folks understand what's coming down the pike because you know, Just a minute. even if we do well in November, and I think I think we'll do better than expected, but even if we do well in November, we have a very tough hill to climb. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think when you when you look at what's happening um, right now, uh, you know, on the state level in terms of the bills that are being passed, and then also at the same time bills that are um, you know putting the hands of who can you know count up the votes in the hands of partisans. Um, you can see how the system breaks down and, you know, everything that's bad can happen. Are there any glimmers of hope? Are there any places where you're looking where you're saying, okay, um, this isn't the end of the world? Um, what what keeps you from sort of sitting with the despair of, un- I mean, really fully comprehending what's what's going on on so many of the so many different fronts right now? That's a damn good question, Zerlina. Here's what keeps me going. Look at all the LGBTQ folks who are being elected all across the country. You know, Maury Turner is a black Muslim non-binary person who was elected to the state house in Oklahoma. Uh, there's Danica Rome, who was elected in Virginia, Sarah, uh, Sarah McBride in Delaware. Uh, you know, all of these LGBTQ people all across the spectrum are being elected to these offices. And I think it shows that the vast majority of the American public does support LGBTQ rights. They just don't have elected officials who are honoring the spirit of why they voted for them in the first place, which is to take care of kitchen table issues and it sure as hell not to discriminate or attack vulnerable communities. So I do get some hope from And I wanna yeah. encourage people to look at organizations like the Victory Fund, uh, like LPAC, where I'm on the board, uh, the uh, largest queer women elected organization in the country. All these organizations are working to boost not just LGBTQ people, but every community that intersects with LGBTQ people. Our power is in the vote. Our power is getting people into office who reflect America and ensure that no one is going to be left behind. So that would be my glimmer of hope, my, my motivational speech for this morning. And I know it's not a lie, but, but I hope that people can hold on to that. Well, it's something to hold on to. I mean, it'd be worse if, you know, I mean, everybody pictures an authoritarianism, high-stepping military people. That's not what our authoritarianism will look like. It will just be elections that don't matter. But that we're not there yet. (laughs) We're not there yet. So so as long as we are not there yet um, and and the compound impact of all of our voices and our votes um, being heard, I think. That is a glimmer of hope. That's something to hang your hat on. Um, I also, here's one more thing. Okay, go ahead. Here's one more thing. I think it's important. People need to find time to celebrate our community this month. Yes. Don't be. Don't feel guilty about going to a parade or going to a party or celebrating the visibility of the LGBTQ community. That is so critically important. We need to take pride in ourselves, pride of how far we've come, 
and pride of pride in where we're going for that matter. That is so lo- critically important. I love that so much. I mean, I schedule my joy. I schedule time every day to schedule watch a three minute, three minute <laughs> K-pop video just to make me smile or something like where K-pop memes are really funny. And um, once you get the inside jokes, it's just like you laugh until you cry. Um, and I highly recommend it. Um, ju- I mean, everybody needs something. Just find your something. Um, one of find the other something. things my, my producer um, just uh reminded me of which i covered last week on my peacock show but i actually had like it had like gone out of my brain for a moment and i wanted to ask you about it which is that after the buffalo or excuse me after um the shooting in texas excuse me um it's hard to keep track no worries i know i I know it's 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 like why am i conflating my mass shootings that happened within a week oh my god um Uh. but but a trans woman was actually falsely accused on 4chan and this circulated to the point where congressman paul gosar tweeted it out um accusing a trans woman falsely trans woman named sam falsely of being the shooter how did that happen what the hell what the what the is there a gofundme i can donate to i mean like how the hell does something like that happen where a random trans person is accused of a massacre and then that goes from the bowels of the 4chan to sitting Congress people. I am damn glad you brought that up uh, because it is one in a recent spate of attempts by right wing or by extremists to essentially blame trans people for things that we have nothing to do with. So the, 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 the thing you just brought up is most prominent. Um, so after the shooting, uh, 4chan found this photo of this young trans woman who had posted this picture of herself in front of a trans flag uh, in, in terms of her own personal pride, which I thought was lovely. And then they took that photo and then circulated, as you said, all around 4chan and right-wing media. And so that's how, you know, with this direct 4chan, the GOP House Caucus pipeline that we got going, that we saw this extremist rhetoric and propaganda be pushed by Congressman Paul Gosar. And, and several other conservative luminaries, if I'm not mistaken. Now, this, this young woman went onto Reddit Jones, and posted uh, two Alex or three Jones photos also. of herself from, oh, I'm sorry, can you say that again? Alex Jones also, speaking oh, of Alex other high, pro, high pro, yeah. That's right, that's right. And you know, this young woman, fortunately, she took three or four photos from the same day of herself and then posted them on Fortune to say, hey, I have nothing to do with this. This is not about me. And I don't know, how she's doing right now, I really don't. Um, I, I know she's safe. I did, she, did, I did see that she's safe, but I don't know the level of death, threat, the death threats that she's gotten even in the past week. But there have been other incidents like this. When Dave Chappelle was attacked at the Hollywood Bowl, there was a, uh, a rumor, which you could argue was started by Dave Chappelle himself, that a trans person had attacked him, which was not true. Uh, then there was another one about trans people supposedly uh, and I hate this word, you know, I hate it totally enough, but the, the supposedly quote unquote canceling Adele over supposed anti-trans remarks that she made, she didn't say anything like that, nor did the trans community accuse her of being transphobic, but right-wing media takes these stories and spreads them. And you know why this happens? It's to inculcate fear in the American people of trans folks, because if the American people are intimidated by trans folks, if they're scared of what we might do I guess in terms of quote unquote canceling or whatever that whatever the hell you know you can suss out from that, 
it's going to make it harder for us to be seen as human beings and it's going to be easier for them to dehumanize us. And so we're going to be seeing a lot more of that for the rest of the year. These weird random news stories popping up of a trans person supposedly doing something only to find out that it was propaganda that was pushed by right-wing media. The thing that's really, really frustrating about that dynamic is the fact that it's actually cisgendered white men that are the problem in terms of committing acts of violence. Like, they they are the ones that, you know, like, on every serial killer show, the stats that they say, like, serial killer, you know, we're looking for a middle-aged white man that like he has this kind of job like it's always it it, i mean every single data point for you know violence um white men we're talking about cis white men so like what how do trans people get scapegoated um as the group to be feared when the shooters um in both of these cases as far as i'm i'm aware are cis men not both of them are white in in the Ivaldi case that that man um was not a white man but i but we we should also be having a conversation about masculinity no <laughs> yeah exactly we should and you know i want to be clear to people about this we have no problems with masculinity there is this weird propaganda out there that that feminists or queer activists or whoever are trying to attack masculinity and that's not the case what we like is healthy masculinity Mm -hmm. you know what we like are you know men who are very comfortable in their own skin and aren't going to require those around them to move around their discomfort that is the key and what we're seeing right now and as you as you astutely pointed out what we're seeing right now with the vast majority of these mass shootings are cis white men often who are domestic, uh, often who are propagators of domestic violence, mm-hmm. uh, often who have white supremacist beliefs, all of these things tie into each other. And, you know, especially if you're a cis white man listening to this right now, you know, I want to be clear about this. We're not attacking you. This has nothing to do with you. If you feel attacked, I would ask yourself why it is that you do feel attacked. You know, why is it that you would feel uncomfortable by us pointing out a statistical certainty that if a mass shooting happens, it is more, more than likely going to be a cis white man with a history of domestic violence, and more than likely, some kind of racist beliefs. That, that is worth considering, and I think it's on all of us, but especially those who enjoy more privilege than others, to address that and reconcile it. I mean, it, 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 to me, it feels like, you know, the answers are, um, in, you know, staring us in the face. Um, one last question. Um, Oklahoma is is one of the states we've been talking about a lot on the show of late um, because of their abortion ban. But they also have, um, and we only have one more minute, I apologize for leaving this as the last minute, but in Oklahoma they also have an anti-trans bill. Talk about a bit about that particular bill um, as we sort of, um, I think, process the fact that these are popping up all over. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I, I can't remember if this is the birth certificate bill or the uh, <laughs> it's hard to keep track. Kids from healthcare bill, or if it's the, you know, uh, in blocking people from using the correct restroom bill. There are so many, there have been almost 260 or 270 bills introduced in the United States this year that attack LGBTQ rights directly. Now, the vast majority of them have not been passed, but many of them have. And what we're seeing in Oklahoma, where I was born, where you know many of my much of my family is from, uh, is an attack on LGBTQ people that is completely needless, that has no common sense or reasoning to it, 
And that seems to, be, seems to be purely motivated by nothing more than vile bigotry. And I think mm. we're all better than that, don't you? I think we're all better than what we're currently seeing. Absolutely. We are better than this. That is a really good yes, message ma'am. to end on, I think. Charlotte Clymer, thank you so much as always. It was great to talk to you and have you on the first day Zerlina, of Pride Month. you're a gem, month. and I want to wish thank you, you happy Pride because you always do the work and I'm grateful for it. Thank you so much. And, and stay safe, stay sane, keep the joy close, close to yes, your heart. Ma'am. Listening to Mornings with Zerlina. Check in for new episodes every weekday.